need to be better. It's unacceptable. Everyone's accountable. We're very, very unhappy. Welcome, Rick Rich, to Season 3, Episode 6 of the-rink.com's Blackhawks Rinkiest. Brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, and your time. And as always, we're brought to you by our founding sponsors at puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines. Throw in some rink wear into the cart. Use discount code THERINK uh, to get 10% off of all your orders. I believe they're still running that special, and they've been running some kind of, some uh, Black Friday specials and stuff like that. They've got some new lines. The new Anthrax line with the Knot Guy, if anyone is old school enough to understand what that's all about. Um, I, I saw a Blackhawks color jersey with the Anthrax guy, not the guy uh, on there. If you don't know what that means, um, I'm sorry, but uh, that's 80s stuff. But anyway, um, get over there, buy yourself some rink wear, buy yourself uh, some of the other metal wear, some of the goalie gear, the goalie mask theme stuff, and uh, enjoy, you know, give it out for the holidays. Give it out as a gift. So anyway, today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machine as Puckin' Hostel. Man, I've got certain information. <laughs> and I'm joined by my co-host, partner in crime, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello. It was a banner day on the rink, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yes, it was. It was. We have much to discuss this evening. Nailed it! <laughs> What's up, jerks? Yeah, we're uh, we had a, we had quite a day today, uh, especially with the Blackhawks and all that stuff going on. But uh, before we get to that, um, I want to read a review we got. We got a new review. I don't know. I, I actually have to look at the date and see when it was. I'm, I haven't been checking lately, but uh, looks like it was on eleven twenty six. So it's fairly recently. Um, I want to uh, show my appreciation. Uh, if I could shake everybody's hand for you know reviewing and rating us, I would. But. Um, so I want to make sure I hit this at the top of the show rather than the uh, the ass end of the show. Darth Hockey said, one of these guys is kind of a positive Buzz Killington. Also, it's Lenner, not Laner. However, these guys have good assessments and aren't emotional rants. So they're one of the best podcasts to listen to. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree about the emotional thing because we do get pretty emotional and we're going to get emotional tonight. But thank you, Darth Hockey. And I will try to do better. I will try not to say Laner, but uh, I've called him Robin Laner since, you know, he was with Ottawa since he was coming up uh, in the ranks. So Yes, I, you have. I'll do my best, but I can't. And I can't believe that I get crap for calling him Robin Laner, but you didn't get called him for get crap for calling uh, Ali Mata or Ali Mata because I figured someone would have said something about that. Yeah. But, but no. I, anyway. I give up. <laughs> yeah. At this point in time, I mean – like I said earlier, I, we had uh, Ralph on our uh, Facebook page left us a uh, question, and I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt uh, to do it. And I've had enough time with uh, Juliana's name, and I don't know what it is lately. I mean, I'm just getting old, and my brain's starting to melt. I always go with, because um, her, her name phonetically looks like Yuri Sekach. Yeah. So I call her Juliana Nikach. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if that's correct. Nikach. It's close. Nikach, close it's close. Nikach, yeah. Uh, we went over it a couple times, and I had, and I, I specifically went over it with her uh, beforehand because I didn't want to butcher her name and make her, you know, make her feel uncomfortable. So, but 
she's a a very valuable member of our team, and I want to make sure she's that awesome. I give her she give really her props. Is. She's really smart and really um, really assertive, and she handles you know a big group of dumb guys pretty darn well. So she does. Yeah. I mean, we got into a really good. It was a private conversation yesterday, but we really got into a really good hockey conversation in the rink chat uh, yesterday, yeah. and it was just like. It, it, no one was insulting each other. Like, even though not everyone always agrees, but for the most part we did, um, you know, it was, it was really good banter back and forth. So I really enjoy all the people that we have, this team we have, uh, even those Colorado guys, those stinky Colorado guys. <laughs> What's up jerks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, enough of the behind the scenes, uh, how the sausage is made stuff. Um, the most pro- people want more of it. We'll, we'll provide more. But. Yeah, exactly. There, there will be more, but uh, for sure. Um, so anyway, um, the Blackhawks aside, and we, we all know what happened with the Blackhawks in the last three games, and we are going to get into that in depth, but something else that's kind of bigger, it's more league-wide, it's actually more sport-wide at this point in time, is um, we talked about how uh, last podcast that Mike Babcock got, got fired. But then the fallout from that was then Akeem Alou talking about Bill Peters, who at the time was a employee of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, There were some other allegations that didn't have to do with, you know, him being in the Blackhawks organization. It was when he was with Carolina. But um, so it it is relevant to the Blackhawks world. Uh, Also, on top of that, Mark Crawford, there were some allegations about Mark Crawford from Sean Avery, a couple other people, um, things that Mark Crawford had done when, you know, previously in his coaching career to them, not when he was with the Blackhawks. So I figured we we should address it a little bit. It's kind of a, it's not as bad as uh, like, you know, the Patrick Kane rape allegation thing. It's not quite that bad, but it is a touchy situation uh, because there were some racist things that were alleged and, uh, you know, they're, and there was physical violence. There was, uh, you know, verbal assault, quote unquote assault. I don't, you know, I don't know what was actually said in these things, but um, it was enough for them to be br- brought up. And eventually Bill Peters was fired or not fired. He actually, he actually quit before he was fired. Yeah. Uh, I think he knew he was going to be fired. Yeah. And, but uh, the, the bottom line is he was probably going to be fired anyway, at some point before any of this, um, the, the Calgary was not, uh, playing well. He had kind of lost the players. It seems like, you know, he was on the way out the door anyway. So yeah. they, I, th- I think maybe the team just said, you know what? It, it's best that you just go anyway. Cause it, uh, there's, there's no reason to be fighting this at this point in time. He's going to have to go on a PR tour to be able to get, you know, a head coaching job in the NHL again, a, you know, a, a glad handing PR tour because um, you know, it sounds like he was a real, real piece of work and uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't get the, you know, having to use racist terms. I mean, they're, they're pro athletes. I don't see why you need to do that. Um, and, you know, and the Mark Crawford thing, that's a little more on a, you know, a, a gray area with the kicking players. I mean, and left a mark. I mean, do you really know? Do we really know? I mean, until the investigation is fully through, do we really know what that means? Does it mean a light kick in the pants? Does it mean, a, you know? Pat people on the back. We don't know. He said it said it left a mark. What 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 is a a kick to a player who's wearing pants that left a mark and no one on the bench saw it? I mean, so we don't know what it is, but it's well, got to be taken seriously. A kick to a player who isn't wearing pants. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
So, I mean, it's going to, it's going to have to be investigated for sure. And we're going to see what happens with this. But I mean, honestly, I, I said it kind of earlier this morning. I don't, I, I expect that Mark Crawford probably won't be with the Blackhawks organization much longer. Uh, um, you know, <clears throat> you know how these things go. I mean, and no, he probably won't be. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I do think um, that uh, nobody should rush to judgment. Um, you know, I mean, uh, so Akeem Alou, there's been a lot of stuff over the years about, um, issues he's encountered, um, based upon his race. Um, when he was with London, I believe it was London, it was one of the, uh, Ontario hockey league teams he was with. He, um, got into a fight, I believe with one of his teammates who later played in the NHL, by the way, I won't name him cause I don't, I don't know if, all the details of this, I don't know, you know, 100% how accurate it is, but he got in a fight with him because this guy was basically really riding him over his race. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, that guy had a reputation as kind of a dope and uh, that followed him throughout his short career. Um, you know, and Sean Avery is not exactly a paragon of virtue in terms of his behaviors over the years. Um, you know, I remember when Theo Fleury was playing with the Blackhawks, and he was, you know, at that time, openly struggling with his alcoholism and Avery getting ejected from a game and turning to Theo and, um, you know, doing the drinky drinky sign to him. I mean, so, you know, let me just be blunt. Avery's an idiot. So yeah. it doesn't mean what he what he alleges isn't true. But, um, you know, listen, I, you know, I, I, I and I hear, you know, I have some friends. We have friends who think that this whole Me Too thing in hockey, which is what they've come to call it, is BS. And. Um, you know, I, I take sort of a broader view on it. I actually think aside from the fact that this is going to be bloody and some careers are going to be ruined, which sucks, um, to the extent that it's not deserved or, you know, conversely, if it's deserved, it's deserved. But I think in a larger sense, it's, it's forcing a dialogue that's probably been overdue in hockey about, you know, cause let's face it, let's be honest. Hockey is the most white of all the major sports. And there has been racism in hockey. I know Chris Simon encountered a lot of racism when he was playing based upon his being, um, you know, first nations. Um, I've, I never heard specifically anything coming from Dustin Bufflin, um, at the NHL level, but, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he encountered some stuff too, um, when he was coming up and, you know, our society has for the most part changed on those issues, I think. Um, but I still think that there are, places and people where, you know, there's still some change needed. And, um, you know, the, the thing about the abuse and, and the physical abuse and whatnot, I mean, again, I think it's forcing a good dialogue and I think it will be good for the game in the long run. But I think in the meantime, it's important to not rush to judgment, to get all the facts. Um, you know, I'm not even going to use the, the term. Uh, it starts with a W and, and don't make it a, a you know what hunt. Um, but you know, I, I, the, yeah, I just, again, I think, I think it's probably overdue that this discussion took place. That may be why it's going to get as bloody and unpleasant as it's going to get for some people. Um, but hopefully in the long run, it will be good for the sport. Well, I mean, look, the Blackhawks just dealt with the, the whole racism thing last year with, uh, was it, uh, Devante Smith Pelly? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. that, yeah. that, that was just ridiculous. I mean, all of it's ridiculous at this point in time. I mean, a player's a player. If you want to find a way to chirp him, find, you know, find right. something about his play 
you know, right. race and, uh, and all that has nothing to do with it and, uh, leave that out of it. Um, it, it just has no, no place in the sport and it just makes the sport look bad when, when you do that stuff. I don't care how old school you are. You know what? If, if that's what your belief is, that's what your belief is. And I'm not going to change your mind, but keep it to yourself. No one else needs to know. Like, just keep it yourself. Right. Don't project it onto other people and, and try to treat, treat human beings with a little bit of respect. Um, at least as far as that goes. I mean, on the rink, we know there's chirping going on, but it's, it should be related to hockey. Um, it's, it isn't always, uh, we, you know, I've heard several stories about, you know, when the Blackhawks played, uh, uh, Philly, uh, for the, uh, Stanley cup and several of the Philadelphia players were going through divorces and several of the Blackhawks were, uh, chirping them, uh, relentlessly about the divorces and the relationship things. And, you know, that's, yeah. You know, and, and that, that's not going to stand much longer either. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to get away with that stuff. People are going to, there's more microphones out on the rink. Uh, people, what is, what goes on and is said on the rink. And this is, this goes back years with the, the Andrew Shaw thing and all that other stuff. Like it's pretty brutal sometimes, but people are going to have to start watching themselves and check yourself because there's cameras always, there's always a camera on you and there's, and, and, and you can pretty much bet that there's always going to be a microphone. So you need to, you need to like reel it back a little bit. And uh, if you want to chirp, make it a smart chirp about hockey. There's plenty of things about hockey you can chirp about. Uh, right. You don't have to get personal about it. And, and as far as the coach well, thing goes, I have coached kids uh, of various ages from up from five up till, you know, uh, 15 years old for, uh, you know, the better part of the last 20 years. Um, and yeah, sure. I've given, I, yell a lot. <laughs> I come home, you know, horse, but that doesn't mean that I'm berating them in front of their families, uh, or berating them for, you know, whatever. Uh, that's just not, you know, it, I, I try to keep it towards hockey and, you know, sure. I'm yelling, go here, do this, see this, uh, pass here or do that. And that's fine. That's ultimately fine. But verbally assaulting someone, not cool. And, and that, and that also goes to the, you know, the Johan Franzen thing. Uh, where he said he was verbally assaulted by, uh, or he didn't say it, but actually Chris Chelios said that he was verbally assaulted and had a nervous breakdown on the bench. I mean, I can only imagine what sets off, you know, Johan Franz and the mule who took a beating over his career to have a nervous breakdown on the bench. What Mike Babcock had to have said to him. I, I don't yeah. know what it is, and but it had to be bad. So, yeah. So anyway, I, th- I honestly think that Mark Crawford won't be around the Blackhawks much longer. I think he's, he just might be, you know, a casualty of this thing, a peripheral casualty um, because of the, you know, uh, kicking Avery and, and uh, Patrick O'Sullivan is another player who, who said in his book four years ago that that Crawford had, um, I don't know the exact details, so I don't want to quote him on it, but there was something physical involved with his interaction with Mark Crawford back uh, with the Kings. So yeah, that may be enough to, you know, that uh, McDonough doesn't not want another PR nightmare. Yeah. And uh, that may be enough for him to say, uh, you know, see ya. Yeah. I mean, I'm not to be, not to be overly old school, but you know, there was a time 20, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, maybe in in the hockey league, national hockey league where, um, you know, guys who chirped a lot, got called out. (laughs) 
And uh, there were there were dudes playing, you know, regular shifts in the NHL who could uh, take care of that situation. Uh, I understand that that's changed, um, but we're almost talking about a different thing than, you know, enforcement during the game. This is really more, you know, um, uh, between the whistles and, you know, just just keeping that stuff to a minimum. Because, you know, I mean, everybody knows those tough guys who like to talk, but then run and hide behind somebody else, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but the other side of that is there's absolutely no place and there never has been for coaches hitting players. I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, some of these players have to worry about, you know, uh, losing their ice time or losing their position. But if I, I was if I was a coach, some of these guys, I'd be careful about hitting them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if they feel they can get away with it, I guess they feel they can get away with it. And that's been part of the culture. And that's wrong. All that's right. just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to harp on this too long and I don't want to make yeah. a big thing. But it, just just a, a quick comment to, to get us into a commercial break uh, on a positive note. We haven't heard anything, you know, as, as tough as we've heard that Joel Quenville is on players and stuff and in unfair treatment or as far as like playing time and stuff like that. We there has not been a peep about you nope. know the old stash about him, you know, verbally assaulting people or, you know, there, there's no stories like that, which is good. That's a good thing. You know, that Joel Quenville, one of the best, you know, coaches that, to, to ever coach in the NHL um, and, and he did it here in Chicago. Um, seems at least at this point to have a pretty stellar reputation as far as players go. So, uh, let's yeah, I just... think he certainly always played mind games with them, but yeah. you know, or at least some guys. But uh, I think there was always a level of, of personal respect there that went both ways. And you know, that's why a lot of these guys would still run through a wall for Q. Yeah, you know, guys like Taves and some of the you know some of the veterans, they'd still run through a wall for him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, that being said, um, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, we're going to come back. Mario's going to actually do his War Pigs report. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about, you know, all this craziness that's been going on with the Blackhawks the last uh, two, three games, four games, five games, whatever, um, and, and everything that's going on. We're going to talk about your article that you kind of put up today. And kinda, uh, we can kind of oh, discuss yeah. that, too. So uh, with that, let's head to break and talk to Mario. Even though the Blackhawks play most of their games on the road in December, there's still some home games available, and maybe you want to go visit them in Arizona or Vegas or Winnipeg. They even have a nice home stretch in January against teams that are very beatable that you might want to go see. When you finally pick which game you want to go to and you want to head out to one of those games, Vivid Seats is the top source for the tickets for the events you want to go to. If you're on a budget, you can sort by price, or you can throw that all out the window, and you can look for seats in the section or row of your choice, all on the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Once you download it, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users can enter the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Well, thanks for having me on, guys, for this uh, pseudo-live Warpigs report. 
Uh, I am in Rockford tonight, taking in the Ice Hogs and Manitoba Moose game here at the BMO Harris Bank Center. Rockford coming off of a uh, two-game stretch right now where they came away with back-to-back -back wins. Uh, they currently sit with 23 points in the AHL Central Division, a record of 11, 8, and 1. Uh, things are going well for the Ice Hogs right now. Uh, not, uh, not the same that can be said for the Blackhawks, but they are headed in the right direction after a roller coaster up and down start. Colin Delia in net tonight. It's his first action since November 15th. Uh, he's been a bit of a disappointment for the Ice Hawks uh, and Blackhawks organization this year. Uh, came into the year, penciled in as the number three goalie in the organization's depth behind Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard, but he has not played like the number three in the organization uh, as, of, as of yet. Uh, Matt Tompkins and Kevin Lonkinen, they have been the bright spots for the Ice Hogs in net. Hope to see Delia correct a little bit of his slow start this year, uh, hopefully getting him in between the pipes with Lonkinen having been called up and back to Chicago uh, so quickly. Got Delia in the net tonight. Uh, some other bright spots for the Ice Hogs. The Sakura brothers are tied for the team lead in points, both Dylan and Tyler with 13 points on the year. Uh, they have acquired, or they have acquired, uh, they have actually scored 46% uh, of the team's goals this season. Uh, both of them obviously top in points, one and two in goals scored. Uh, regarding Tyler Sakura, he was named the Rockford Ice Hogs' newest captain, replacing Chris Versteeg uh, as Versteeg left the team earlier uh, this year. Sakura, who has been wearing a letter for, the most, uh, for, for most games this year, uh, was named captain ahead of the Ice Hogs uh, last game and he is uh, now wearing the C and theoretically should be wearing it for the rest of the season. Uh, he's been uh, a bright spot for the Ice Hogs this year offensively after a down year last year. Great to see him getting back to form. Adam Boquist in the lineup tonight. He has been on a recent tear uh, for the Ice Hogs. He's had a couple of points in his last couple of games played after a slow start and a call up to the Blackhawks. He's returned. He's going to be a, a bright spot for the team uh, moving forward here as he seems to have found a bit of confidence in his offensive game. Hopefully that translates to the defensive game as well. Uh, Ian McCaution back in the lineup after a quick up and down with the Blackhawks, as is Matthew Highmore today. So we'll see if the Ice Hogs can uh, continue their success. They are 4-1-1 over their last six games. And uh, based on points percentage so far, they are on an 87.4 point pace for the full year so far through, uh, through the season. 87 points was enough to make the Calder Cup playoffs in the Central Division last year. So we'll see if the Ice Hogs can keep that pace and maybe even uh, do a little bit better. So we'll, uh, we'll see how they do tonight. Obviously, the game recap will be up on therink.com, and I'll send it back to you guys. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, thank you, Mario.
for your war pigs report. He took a couple weeks off from the war pigs. He had some, some things he had to take care of, but as always, he does a great job. So uh, he's one of our bright stars over at uh, the dash rank.com. He is a shining star, Mario. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking of shining stars, we also have the Colorado group, the Colorado guys. Some of you may have seen them uh, tweeting when uh, the Avs played the Blackhawks. Uh, we have uh, Aaron Goldschmidt, who formerly was with the uh, Chicago division, but he does live in Denver, so it was an easy transition for him. He, uh, he's been helping him and J.J. Seward have been covering Denver and the Colorado um, organization. And they've been doing a great job over there. JJ's great with the pictures. He takes a lot of pictures. So we have our own uh, exclusive content coming out of there. Uh, we, we can't be happier. So if, follow those guys at the rink Colorado altogether. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to separate, you know, the Colorado content's going to come out on the Colorado one. We have uh, the rink shy. Some of you may have seen that. It's the rink CHI. Uh, I'm going to try and curate the Chicago content to go through there. And then I'm going to, and then everything will be, everything will be uh, put together on the rink official. So if you want to see everything, follow that. Just follow all of the accounts. You'll see all of our stuff coming through. Um, I kind of wanted to make it so if people didn't want to see Colorado stuff, they could just follow the Chicago part. And uh, it look, it's looking like, and there is a, the rink Columbus. Uh, it's looking like, hopefully, at least uh, maybe sometime this season, a little later, we might have some uh, rink Columbus Blue Jackets, CBJ. We just need some writers. We got one yep. guy uh, signed up. He's a young guy who lives in Ohio. Um, hockey player. He's a goalie. And oh. uh, he's excited to uh, get started. Our friend Derek. And uh, But uh, we need a, probably a couple more writers to get uh, to get that up and going. And um, so if anybody out there is interested and, and um, has some you know unique insight or affinity for the, the Blue Jackets, um, give us a shout. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that is going to happen. It's just a question of when, yeah. and, uh, it's all part of the, uh, the master plan, if you will. And really any hockey is part of our master plan, but yeah. we're going to kind of divide it up into NHL city, NHL divisions. I'm calling them chapters. I'm a black label society guy from, uh, you know, if anyone knows Zach wild, he's black label society. He, uh, each city, he calls it like the Chicago chapter, the LA chapter. That's what he calls it. Kind of like a biker gang kind of thing. So that's kind of, kind of how I've been referring to it is the Columbus chapter, the Colorado chapter, the Chicago chapter. But, uh, if you're interested in writing for any of these divisions, please get a hold of us. Uh, I have an email address set up just for it. It's right for W R I T E for F O R at the dash rink.com. So it's right for at the rink the dash rink.com send your uh send your uh you know some samples over and let us know and uh you know we'll talk so uh that aside let's get back to uh the blackhawks we did mention that the uh blackhawks lost to the avalanche uh on a back-to-back a home and home actually um and then they lost to uh st louis the other night and uh, they have not looked good. I mean, they've been outscored 16 to 5. <laughs> They're 0 and 3. They weren't close in any of the games. They're now uh, several injuries deep. Um, the, actually, uh, I think I was putting the record together since the last time we were podcasted. The Blackhawks are like 1 5 and 1. Uh, after they, you know, they had this big streak. Everyone was, you know, happy. Outstanding. Yeah. They were, they were, uh, 
everyone was on the the playoff bus again, just like we did last year. And uh, of course, we tried to calm everybody down and say, "Listen, they're not as good as their best games, and they're not as bad as their worst games." But um, all that together means that really they're barely a um, wild card team, and that's when everything is going well for them. And everything is not going to go well for them for the entire season. Uh, it's not going to go. I mean, you could see right now, it's not going to go as well, even as it did last season with, you know, Kane and Taves and all these people having career years. People this year, maybe only Patrick Kane can have a career type year, but Taves certainly isn't going to be able to get anywhere near what he was last year. Uh, the gets off to a slower start. Um, Eric Gustafson's not going to get anywhere near where he was last year. And uh, so, you know, when you, you see what happens when players are not having career years that are masking huge holes in the lineup, and, uh, you know, it's yeah. just, it was ugly. I mean, Colorado just walked all over them. And that's, their, that's what their problem is, is playing against teams that uh, are fast, fast teams. And yeah. they're going to face, you know, like, if they were to make the playoffs, they would probably – you know, they're going to face Colorado somewhere and they're going to get beat up and down the rink. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's glaring. We've been trying to say it forever. And you said it earlier today, uh, all this stuff, but you know, it's, they, they have to stop kicking the can down the road. They have to stop lying to the fans. You know, this one goal, this, uh, all this other nonsense that they're, they're throwing out this PR nonsense. They have to be on, they have to start being honest with people. And we've been saying that for three years now. Uh, since yeah. we started this thing, that they're not being honest with people. They're BSing. Now, either either they're lying to people or they're delusional. There's, o- there's only two two choices here because they're not anywhere as good as they're trying to make the fans think they are. You know, but I'm going to put it back a little bit on some of the fans. I mean, I've had some dialogues with people who, you know, I've known for a long time and I respect, but, you know, they're... Their their opinion they're like yeah things need to change but I don't want this to change I don't want that to change you know, and what it comes down to is is that's exactly the, the what the team has been doing they've been making small changes around the edges keeping everybody's favorite core of players intact, and that's failing it's just not working and they keep trying year after year, and it, you know at some point you you kind of can't you can't blame the team because enough fans are willing to accept this. And they're still buying tickets and they're still buying merchandise. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The fans have to show that they're unhappy. Yeah. And they're not at this point. I mean, there's still that, that quote unquote sellout streak, which is a technicality because technically they've been sold, but almost every uh, season ticket holders out there putting their tickets out on the secondary market, trying to get rid of them and they're not able to get rid of them. So they're then having to give them away. And sometimes yeah. they're just eating them. Yep. And and that's not good. I mean, I, if I was a season ticket holder and I'm eating half my tickets because the games I can't go to, no one wants to buy, and I can't even give them away, yep. I mean, that's bad. That's bad news right there, man. And uh, I was looking down. I was at the uh, the Dallas game where uh, the Blackhawks won 3 nothing. I was at that game and uh, Ken Kallenbach, who's in our, our, our Hawks chat, yeah, yeah. he was, we were kind of bantering back and forth cause he was up in the 300 level and I was in the 200 level. And he was saying like, look down in the 100 level. There are several huge sections that were missing, you know, missing anybody sitting in them. And uh, you know, that was a pretty good division game. 
That was not like, you know, some garbage, like Ottawa or something like that. It wasn't some garbage game. They're playing against a team in their division who they're fighting, you know, for position against. And uh, it actually turned out to be a really good game for the Blackhawks. But, you know, it's just if they're going to continue to to lose these home and homes to to the Avs and then lose to St. Louis, people are going to stop coming eventually. Uh, the sellout streak or not, there's going to be a lot more empty seats. So... But uh, yeah, you wrote a really good article today. We got a lot of positive feedback on that. So if you want to give a little bit, of, you know, kind of a synopsis to the uh, to the fans, let them know what you were yeah, kind of saying. I'm, uh, here's the thing: it's not an original thought, except the fact that it was our original thought two or three years ago. But it's but it's just what we've been saying. It's that they're <clears throat> this formula that they're following of, um, you know, build, rebuilding around the edges every year and trying to strike gold in the draft, but holding on to this expensive and aging core, um, it's just, it's not working. And I, listen, I always say this, I would say, you know what, we could be really surprised and the Hawks could, could, could win, you know, 15 out of their next 20 games and, and go on a crazy long streak and, and ride a wave of glory into the playoffs. But you know what I say about um, that? My uncle can throw balls and become my <laughs> uncle too. There you go. All right, go ahead. Continue. Thanks, Fork. Yeah, go ahead, continue. Yeah. So, I mean, the 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 bottom line though is that um, it's probably not going to happen. And we say this every year. We always say, you know, they, you never know. But the bottom line is, we do know. Um, and so, what my my what I'm saying is, is if you look at, for example, Colorado, who just beat the Hawks like dogs um, two consecutive nights recently. Colorado went through some lean, bad years, like the Hawks did back in 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, um, when there was nobody at the sta- at uh, the United Center Stadium. Gosh, I'm really going into dinosaur mode, but um, <laughs> you know, there was nobody at the United Center, and it was the, the the franchise was a disaster, and the only the only people following the team were troglodytes like us, you know, and. But what happened was, as a result of that, they sold off Alex Jamnoff and they sold off Steve Sullivan and they got rid of Marty Hovlat and they got good return for him. And what they did is they stockpiled a ton of draft picks. They finished at the bottom of the league for a few years and they got, you know, high draft picks that turned into Patrick Kane, first overall 2007, Jonathan Taves, third overall 2006. Um, they had the number seven overall in 2005 and Dale Talon. Um, you know, basically, I don't know, went brain dead and took Jack Sk- Jack Skilly, but they could have probably grabbed a really good player there at that pick as well. Um, and you know, if you, that's what Colorado did for about six, seven years. They they were picking in the top ten year after year, and all those guys who were basically just making the Hawks look foolish the other night are those guys that they picked. And that's the bottom line. You, you've got to pick in the top ten to get. Anymore. Yeah, sure. Occasionally you'll find a guy in the second round or, you know, maybe even possibly later in the draft. But anymore, with the scouting being what it is, you've got to be picking in the top 10 to get a surefire blue chip player. And, um, you know, that, those are the guys that you that's how you rebuild a franchise is through the draft. You don't get you don't rebuild a franchise through free agency. You go out and get a guy like Marion Hosa, who's that last missing piece who's going to put you over the top. Um, you know, when you're that close or you get a guy like Brand Campbell who you need to bring to your franchise to give your franchise credibility and attract more free agents and you'll overpay for those guys for those reasons. 
But free agency is not the way to rebuild the team. And, you know, the the Hawks, you know, what they're doing now is they're good enough with guys like Kane playing, and they've got three-on-three overtime where Eric Gustafson looks like Bobby Orr, but then five-on-five he looks more like uh, uh, Nathan Dempsey. Colton Orr. Um, <laughs> pardon me? You can say Colton Orr. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and the, you know, they're just, they're, they're just good enough and they've proven this the last two years to finish 12th or 13th in, in, in the conference. And that's going to get you typically a draft pick somewhere like around eight, nine, 10, maybe 11 or 12. And you're going to get good players there, but you're still kind of on the periphery of the real prime uh, area. I mean, we saw it this year and this was a good and deep draft, but really the best players were in the three or four at the top. And the Hawks need a couple of those guys. Maybe Kirby Doc ends up being one of those guys. Uh, maybe Adam Boakvist ends up being, you know, our, the Hawks version of Kale McCarr. I have my doubts, but we'll see. Um, but they still need a couple more of those guys. And I just, I just think that that the Hawks are like they remind me a lot of the Detroit Red Wings after 2009. You know, they, they've they've kept this expensive core around with the Wings. It was Datsuk and Zetterberg and Franzen um, and uh, Erickson and guys like that. And the Hawks seem the same way. And they're struggling to find an identity. They're struggling to win. And they're where they're headed is just more of the same. And my personal opinion is, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, I listen, I love Patrick Kane. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the best players in the league. But what is he accomplishing right now playing for the Hawks for himself or for the team? Other than making you know, getting the team from the from the basement up to, you know, maybe the sixth or seventh worst team in the league. It's nothing. And and he's the one guy you could deal right now. You can get a pretty substantial return for him. And I, you know. And then, you know, people are like, well, what are you going to get for him? Uh, you know, at our buddy Al the other day is like, you're going to lose that deal. How do you know? How do you know? Unless you're on the phone calls with the GMs. I mean, that mentality guarantees you, you aren't going to do anything. And you're just more of this. It, I, so but I also think at the same time, I think that I think the team, the front office needs to understand they, they need to get the fear of God in them that, you know what, you're going to lose a generation of fans if you don't do something about this. Trash um, it, times a million. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I just, you know, again, I really think that what, that what you've got to do to come back really strong, like the Hawks were in 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010, just loaded with young talent is you've got to, you've got to go, you've got to tank. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go in the tank for two or three years and really get those high picks and cl- then clear out some cap space as well. And and start to rebuild the thing. And I, I don't know. It just seems like the, this new or latest generation of Hawk fans don't seem to have an appetite for it. They're only used to winning because they've only been around since like 2007, 2008. And those of us who were around longer, we remember all those years. And you know what? I would gladly go through three years of garbage, three years of worse garbage than what we're seeing if I knew that that team was going to come back and be a dominant team in three, four, five years. Which is just well, what Toronto did, you yeah. know. They were the Winnipeg's they, done it. They were honest with their fans. Toronto yeah. was, and and don't, and we we think you know everyone thinks that Chicago fans can be bad and demanding and everything. Imagine Toronto, that like the the hockey mecca of the world, like in Toronto where everything is scrutinized, like where you eat your hot dogs and stuff. And they were honest with their fans, and they came in and they said, "Listen, this is going to be painful. This hurt. This is going to hurt." But you know what? 
when we come out on the other end, we're, it's going to look really nice. So just stand by us, you know, we'll, you know take this journey with us. And, um, you know, they've, they're a pretty good team. Now they have not won the cup. Sure. That this does not guarantee that if you bottom out, you're going to win the cup on the other end. No. You still have to Colorado perform. Colorado hasn't won anything yet either. Yeah, right. You're still going to have to perform. You're still going to have to make you know the right coaching moves, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to put yourself in a much better position to be able to compete for a Stanley Cup. You're never going to have this young, you know, everyone's happy with Alex DeBrinkett, and that's fine. He's a good player. He was a great find. And, you know, I, I Dylan Strom is what he is right now. Um, I, I think maybe he was another one of those players last year that, you know, just had that career year. Cause I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to have a year like he had last year. He may not. He's kind of come back down to earth again. So yeah. you've got, what do you really have with the Blackhawks in their system as a young player who's going to come up and be that next young generational, you know, top flight, maybe all-star really good player. You have possibly Kirby doc and possibly Adam Boakvist, and then nothing, then crickets. Right. And how are you going to get young, talented players in the Blackhawks system without drafting well and drafting high? You're not. You would have right. to trade away. The only other way to do that is to trade away a known asset that has a lot of value to another team, like, right. say, a Patrick Kane. Right. Or... And I love Patrick Kane. I would not want to see him go, but I would also understand that to get to that next level and have that next generation of young players in there, you got to kind of take a chance. You don't take a chance. If you don't play the lot, you can't win the lottery. If you don't play the lottery, you know, and I they got to play the yeah. lottery. They're going to have to go all in on this stuff. And right now, I don't know that the Blackhawks from John McDonough all the way on down. I don't know that they have the balls to do something like that. They're too afraid of the backlash of this fan base to, you know, uh, Jonathan Taisley's or uh, uh, Dunk, even Duncan Keith, who is a prime candidate to, to be shipped off to a player or to be, to be shipped off to a team that, um, you know, is a contender that needs a good, real solid uh, veteran, second pair defenseman, maybe that can play, uh, you know, all you know, play a lot of uh, ice time and fast in the playoffs you know, that's a prime candidate to, to go to a team that just needs that one extra little player. Right. Um, I would not right. want to, you know, I, I would hate to see Duncan Keith in another, another uniform, but I also understand that that's how the game, that's how sports works. That's how this needs to happen. You're going to have to cut bait before these, these players literally die on the ice when they have yeah, that. I, I, I agree. And you know, the, the bottom line is, I mean, look at it, you know, if nothing changes, Four years from now, you're going to still be figuring out what the, what to do with what's left of Brent Seabrook at seven million dollars a year, right? Four oh, for years sure. from now, you oh, know? for sure. And and, um, and the way the way Brent Seabrook, the way everyone looks at Brent Seabrook and the Blackhawks, that's how free agents look. I mean, people for, are forgetting about you know what Brian Campbell looked like and what how he seemed like an albatross, and he was a useful player towards the yeah. you know towards the the first part of his Blackhawks career where they had to get, you know, unload them to Florida because they were really hurting for cap room. Right. Right. You know, everyone's like, Oh my God, you got to get rid of, you got to get rid of Campbell. You got to get rid of Campbell. You got to get rid of Campbell. Well, Campbell's got to go. He's got to go. He was a useful player for the Blackhawks yeah. and everyone was shooing him out the door. Like, why are, why are we not doing this now with, you know, Duncan Keith? Hey, we got to, they got to start shopping them. Uh, you know, 
and, and, and no one should be untouchable. While you know Kane should be the closest, probably he should still be available if someone's if some, you know. You know, again, if your goal is to rebuild, Kane's the guy who brings back the most. You know, if your goal is to continue to do what the Hawks have done and play around on the edges, then you make your list of untouchables. And guess what? Don't expect much to change. I mean, it's it's really kind of counterintuitive that your best players are probably in some ways the biggest impediments to a rebuild. Because here's the thing. Who in their right mind is looking at this team and sees this being a Stanley Cup team in two years? Well, there's who? there's there's people who th- who thought that you know they could be uh, uh, in the playoffs and and quote unquote anything can happen this year. Um, I didn't think that, and you never thought that. But there no, are we people said, out there. We said possibly, possibly a a a playoff team if some things go well and first round out. That's yeah, what I've said from from the get go. Yeah. I said slightly better than last year, possibly playoffs, first round out. That's well, and you know here's the other thing too, and and let's just be honest. I mean. I think that there there's something wrong because you know what I th- I actually think that the talent is better than the results not much better but it's better and I th- I'm starting to wonder if um, these guys are tuning out the head coach who is younger than some of the, some of the guys he's coaching um, and I you know I have no reason to dislike Jeremy Colton I think he he inherited a really difficult situation but I also wonder if they did you know, make a coaching change and the philosophy was instilled that, um, got the best out of this talent. I could be wrong. There may, there be, may be no philosophy that gets more out of this talent than what's already being done. Um, that's quite possible too, but it's possible that they could be uh, a five to maybe even 10 point better team by the end of the year. But at the end of the day, with this talent, if they get in the playoffs, they're going to get absolutely smoked. And don't kid yourself. Well, um, and yeah, ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, and the Blackhawks are, they're living in the past and they're hanging on to the past. And yeah. as the coach said, I don't believe in living in the past. I think the past is for cowards. You live in the past, you die in the past. And right now they're in danger of dying in the past. You know, because what happens when, when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, when they all start to age out and their contracts are up. What do you have left? Right, right. And that's the thing. But here's the thing. I mean, and going back to what I said, I mean, does anybody think this team is contending for a cup within the next two or even three years? I don't think so. So Patrick Kane, who's your best player, um, is going to be 33 years old. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, people assume that, you know, Kaner loves Chicago. He drives, he, he drives his Chevy Cruze around Chicago <laughs> and just loves everything. And the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, for a guy like Kane, and, and I heard somebody say this, um, you know, and I've heard a couple of people say this, people I respect. And they said, you know, I got to wonder if Kane isn't starting to, to wonder, you know, to want to get out because this is just years now of mediocrity. And it, it, so at some point, you know, the, even though it's hard for some people to imagine Kane in another sweater, and I heard that from a couple of people today, um, it happens. It yeah. happens. Um, and, and it oftentimes happens in situations like these where a team recognizes that they've got a veteran asset who's worth a lot and the team wants to rebuild. And they, they make a move. And um, at the end of the day, um, I, I will not tarnish Payne's, uh, excuse me, Kane's legacy or even Jonathan Taves' legacy 
um, or Keith legacy for that matter in Chicago. These guys are going to are going to go into the Hall of Fame as Blackhawks. Um, and they all three will probably go into the Hall of Fame and they'll all go in as Blackhawks. And that's not going to change, you know. But the other side of it is, is that, uh, you know, <laughs> what I, and the other thing I think that that the um, the Hawk management has been very lucky is that the Bulls have sucked um, for the last few years. And they're lucky because if the Bulls were, were putting a better uh, product out there. I got a feeling a lot of these these fans would go the other way that that they came in 2007 and 2008. They go right back to to following the Bulls. Well, not only that, but look, you know, it just so happened that you know the Cubs won that uh, you, you, the year after the Blackhawks did. Because what if that happened like this year? You know, right. where fans just say, you know, I'm not going to spend my money on you know season tickets for the Blackhawks. I'm going to go watch the Cubs this summer. You know, uh, right. stuff like that is very likely to happen and. If they don't get their, you know, heads out of their asses at this point in time, this is going to get out of control and and they're not going to be able to recover. And, and certainly not like this group of management with John well, McDonough. I think if this group of management wants to, and I think this includes Stan Bowman and John McDonough, I think if they if they want to remain in these in their positions, uh, I do think that they um you know, they may want to be proactive in addressing this. And, you know, I, you know, I agree with you, you know, the funny thing about the Toronto example, um, and, and I'm, I'm sure that the Hawks know this. I mean, Toronto, there's a, there's a generational deep seated fan base that wasn't going anywhere. Leaf fans have lamented and whined about how crappy their team is for years. And they're, they're not going to, so when, when the Leaf manager came out and said, we're going to do a serious rebuild, um, we're going to bring in Mike Babcock. Oh, that didn't go too well. But, <laughs> but um, that aside, I mean, they 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 did go deep and they they tanked and they brought in some great players like Mitch Marner, like Austin Matthews, um, and and you know, the, but the the fans in Toronto because because hockey is everything in Toronto. Hockey has not historically been everything in Chicago, and I think the Hawks are, are actually afraid that. You know, a lot of those new fans that they've attracted, you know, in the last, you know, 12 years or so are going to are going to head for the exits. But the thing is, you put a great product on the ice again in a few years, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be painful for sure. But this is and and I kind of talked about this a little earlier with Sean and Maya. Uh, this is this is also a co- hockey culture thing. Sure, hockey is you know an old school sport. It's a bunch of old white guys and stuff. But things are changing, and um, you know they don't they don't change if you don't push forward. If you right. if you stay stale and you keep doing the same thing because it's the same thing you've always done, nothing changes, nothing gets better, and and you know you get left behind. So this hockey culture needs to change. They need to you need to be honest with the fans. Uh, they're smart. They're social media. Uh, they know what's going on a lot more than they ever have. There's no sticking your head in the sand. Like, right. be honest with them. They're going to appreciate that. I will be much more appreciative if John McDonough walked out there and said, hey, listen, there's a lot of broken things in here. We need to break it down to a, to a core level, and we need to you know build it back up again. I would, I would greatly appreciate that. I would, well, I would respect that make, and appreciate that. Making matters worse. And people, people are going to remember that. I mean, people are, are only dumb for so long. Uh, when they got rid of Joel Coinville, which was not a popular decision, and they brought in the 32-year-old head coach from Rockford, 
Um, you know, McDonough got McDonough got on you know, get all serious. You should, you know, I'm accountable. Stan's accountable. Well, where's the accountability? Where is it? Um, because because the, the bottom line is is you're not accountable if if you continue to do this stuff over and over again year after year and nothing happens and nothing changes. But at some point, I gotta believe that Rocky Wirtz is gonna is gonna say, you know what, guys, <laughs> we're gonna have to bite the bullet here and we're gonna have to really rebuild. And um, but the other side of it is, is I, my my belief is is that this is gonna happen sooner if fans speak up. Um, if, if more people in our position speak up for the right reasons, um, if, you know, maybe some of the beat writers, um, would, would step out a little bit and say something because, you know, I, and I realize it's hard. I realize you're spending, you're spending your every day of your working career with these guys, um, you know, to, to call them out and, and say, well, they've got a sort of clean house, but the bottom line is, is until people start demanding it. It's it's going to be harder to make the change because as long as the team can sell enough enough tickets, um, they don't care. They don't care. Wow! All this stuff about one goal and commitment to excellence is BS. It's a it's a business, and until they start hurting in their in their wallets, they're not going to do anything. Yes, I don't for believe sure. they, I don't believe it. Yeah, and that was the other thing too that I brought up, and I'm glad you brought that up again. Which is everyone had you know in this in the entire, you know, fan base, uh, writers, whether you're credentialed, whether you're working for a newspaper, whether you're wherever you're working for, like everyone needs to work together. The management, the, the, the press, uh, the, the, the media, even the bloggers, even the podcasters need to work together and, you know, m- make this a, a, you know, make this work, Inform the fans, hey, this is this is what needs to happen. Not any of this, oh, well, you know, we'll trade for, uh, you know, Mark Stone because we can do that. And, and we're just one step away. And, like, everyone needs to be honest. They need to work together. And you inform the fan base of what needs to happen and let them take the ride with you and say, hey, we, we understand and we'll, we'll keep you in fully informed so we're not hiding anything from you and that kind of thing. If everyone works together, this this can happen. And um, it has happened. The Cubs broke it down. Everyone understood what was happening, and they ended up winning a World Series in the end. Yeah. And yeah, no one seems to right. care. No one seems right. to care about those years where they sucked. You know, right now right. it's like they won. It's great. Everything's great. Everyone's got Cubs plates and all this other stuff. It was you know, the same thing yeah, with the Blackhawks. I'm not a John McDonough fan, but if he was to come out and say, "Look, we've tried it. We tried. We tried to do it halfway. We tried to ease into a rebuild. It hasn't worked." We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to really. <laughs> we have to really basically clean the you know blow the whole thing up and and start over again. Yeah. To be to be a great team again. Yeah. Um, and and we're asking you to stick with us. It's going to be painful. We know some of you're going to leave, but we guarantee you that we're going to come back really strong. And boy, I'd be I'd be his biggest fan if he did that. Yeah, I would too. I'd stand behind him. I'd support. And I'm him. not leaving the team. I'm not leaving the team if they do that. That's the thing. People call us negative and say we're we're against the team. You know, those same people probably will run for the doors if the team does this. Yeah, I'm not going. They suck. I'm, I'm not and I, yeah, I'm not going. I I was here in 2003, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was here back in in parts of the the you know, 70s and 80s and 90s when this team was really bad, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it's, it's about committing to the Indian, you know what I mean? And it, it's not just the Indian when it's, when it's winning, but it's, it's the, it's 
the the excellence that you want in this team. And there's a price to be paid for it. It's why I said, are the are the Hawks willing to pay the price of 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 excellence of of being a champion? Yeah. I'm not sure they are. Remember, this price was paid back before John McDonough came. This was this was back in the in the early part of the 2000s when the team was being run by Peter Wirtz um, and to a certain extent, the late Bill Wirtz. And, you know, they they basically said Dale Talon took this team into a full tank and rebuild. And guess what? You know, by the time he was asked to leave by John McDonough, this team was the best team in hockey without question. Yeah, they were what we look at like Colorado right now, just running over people and stuff like that. Right. So and we're far and this team is far from that. Far. Yeah, it's I don't think people realize how far they really are. They don't. (laughs) They They don't. So, well, the shift gears just a little bit. Um, something that, that really caught, stuck in my craw uh, yesterday oh. was with the, the Blackhawks uh, icing only 17 players um, because of the cap mismanagement. Um, it, they tried to smooth it over, and Jeremy Calton's like, oh, this happens all the time in the AHL. Well, you know what? This isn't the AHL, pal. No. This is the NHL, and you dress 18, 18 <laughs> and a goalie. Like in two goalies, actually, uh, that's what you do. Uh, you don't go out there, and they went out there and they gave up, you know, gave up two goals early, and you know, I, th- I think St. Louis kind of just toyed with them like a puppy uh, for a little while and just kind of batted them around a little bit, and then closed it out in the third period. And uh, you know, it, it was not a hard game for St. Louis. I don't care how close the score is; they were shut out. They were, you know, they could have had maybe a goal. There was a couple posts in there. So maybe they could have broke the shot out, but they played against St. Louis's backup goalie and they dressed only 17 players and no one wants to seem to make a big deal about it. They just want to, you know, just gloss over it. It's no big deal. Like this is a pro franchise. You should not be, you know, shorthanded because some guy gets a flu or something like that, because you can't afford to put someone on the roster. This is that team. Remember, remember all those meatheads during the summer? Oh, well, Stan's going to have $20 million in cap room. <laughs> he can go out there and get Panarin and he could do all this nonsense. Did he get Panarin? No. And they're still at the cap. So I mean, what would they have really been able to get Panarin? No, they wouldn't have. And we told you all along, they wouldn't have, they picked up a couple of, of, you know, depth defensemen, which I thought actually were going to help. And they haven't, you know, they got a couple rookies in the lineup with Nylander. You know, and, I, but it's funny. I mean, just speaking about those guys, cause I want to be really careful and not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think those guys have played very bad. Um, oh, no, they I haven't. Just, but for some reason, they seem to still be giving up a hell of a lot of shots. Yeah. I, and I wonder how much of it is, is, how much of that is the system and how much of that is um, the the forwards. Um, you know, it's funny. I watch other teams play. I, I see a lot of Eastern Conference hockey because I live in Columbus and I, and I watch a lot of Blue Jackets games. And... You know, I got to tell you, man, the other thing I noticed about the Hawks is not only are they not particularly fast, but they're not particularly physical either. And you watch Eastern Conference teams, especially. I mean, those teams, regular season games are wars compared to the way the Hawks play. And so, you know, I kind of I kind of wonder, are are Dahan and Mata, Mata, Mata? Are, yeah. are Dahana Mata the problem, or you know, have they been failures, or is is it something else? Because I, when I watch those guys, I watch them both clo- closely, 
And I don't feel like either one of them has really bad games. Now, if, if I'm looking for a defenseman who has bad games, Gustafson. Um, Seabrook is, is hit or miss. He has some good nights and he has some bad nights. Um, you know, Duncan Keith is not the player he once was. Um, you know, um, so I don't know. I mean, I just I, I, I want to hesitate to say those guys have been the problem per se. It, it seems like it's a chemistry issue. I'll also say this is that they're not particularly fast. They're not particularly physical. And when that's the case, you're not going to win. You're not going to win a lot of games. They don't have a lot. They don't have an identity, really. Right. They're just nothing. They're like right. just shapeless blob of just a couple of, you know, players who are really, really good and are still very good, but not elite players other than Patrick Kane and um, just a bunch of guys that are inconsistent and young guys who had, you know, pedigrees or potential or whatever, but have not like a Nylander, you know, like he's, he's still like, he's playing third, fourth line. Where's where he at? What's, what's his thing here? You know? Yeah. Um, Mata and, and Dehan, I like him. I like Connor Murphy too, but then you have Brent Seabrook in there. Who's really struggling. You have Garrett Gustafson in there. I don't, I don't you, you could stick your head in the sand, but He's terrible in his own end, and he's not really producing on the offensive end either. So what's he doing out there? You have, right. Now you have Slater Cuckoo because uh, Duncan Keith is hurt. Uh, now he's got a bad groin. Who knows if you know how that's going to suss out because his legs are really his biggest asset, and now he's he's got a you know soft tissue injury. Um, who knows how that's going to heal? And But Slater Cuckoo, I mean, he is what he is. Who do you have out there, really? You know, that that. Yeah, I'm um, speaking of Keith. I mean, I saw the play um, where he pulled up lame um, against Colorado. It was a one. It was one of the several breakaways Colorado had. That was where Nishushkin uh, came from. His own end picked up yeah. the. They won the face off deep in the the F zone. Nishushkin. Oh, jeez, tripping all over myself because I'm all worked up. But um, it just went right up the middle between Gustafson and and Keith. And, and made them look like they were standing still. They basically were and came in on a breakaway. He hadn't scored a goal. He, he had one goal in the last three NHL seasons that he played before that. And he looked like, you know, uh, Mario Lemieux in his prime against these guys. And that's yeah. a problem. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Those guys are supposed um, to be, quote unquote, your top pair. Yeah. And Keith, on that play, I mean, it looked to me like he, like he really pulled up. And, you know, groin injuries can take a long time, and especially with an older player. Um, so it'll be interesting to monitor that situation going forward. Yeah. And, you know, right now, Kajula, Strom, Keith, and Shaw are all on the, all on the hook for, with injuries, very, varying degrees of injuries. It looks like um, Strom may be coming back uh, against the Bruins on Thursday. Um, Keith isn't going to travel with the team, so he won't be back. Andrew Shaw, they've they've now, after he went out there and got in a fight and showed all that grit, he ends up with a concussion, and now he's not out there. <laughs> and Drake Kajula, I think, has been skating with Strom, and those two may be back. But, I mean, does Dylan Strom and uh, Drake Kajula put you over the edge? No, they don't. Uh, they, you know, they make your lineup, slight, so. they make your lineup slightly better. Uh, where you you don't have to have Ryan Carpenter as your second line center between <laughs> Patrick Kane, who's double shifting, and Alex DeBrinket. You, that's not what you want. Uh, you could put Dylan Strom there, who's you know a better player. Um, and Drake Kajula is you know a death player. He's not your you know. But right. 
yeah, I mean, there's not, there's nothing else. There's no help in the pipeline there. There's no one you're calling up from Rockford or Indy or pulling out a junior or pulling in from overseas, you know, after their season's over, that's going to make any difference right now. Right. There's just, you have to make a trade. You have to make a move if you, you know, or just, you know, break it down and just suck it up, which I'd rather have that than this, you know, the idiot uh, meatballs thinking they're, you know, we'll make the playoffs. Once you, all you got to do is make the playoffs and anything can happen. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and, and the other, the last thing that I want to bring up too was with um, the draft. Um, they ended up with Kirby doc by a huge stroke of luck. Yeah. They were probably supposed to be picking in the 12, 13 range. And let's just say that that's what happened. And Kirby doc went, you know, third or whatever. And the Blackhawks ended up with uh, who, who was picked 12th was Matthew Boldy, 13th, uh, Spencer Knight, 14th, Cameron York. Any of those players not playing with the Blackhawks this year, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. And no, maybe and not for all, two or three all years. players who, you know, are not the sort of all-around surefire blue-chip type players that Kirby Doc is or um, – uh, the player Capo uh, Caco was taken just ahead of him, or the guy was taken just behind him, Bowen Byram. Yeah, um, they're not. I mean, Matthew Boldy's going to be a nice two-way forward, um, and Cam York is a is, is a solid but unspectacular defenseman. And um, Spencer Knight's a really good goalie, but goalies typically don't go that high. So um, you know, it, it's so that's the point. I mean. Uh, you really need to be picking anymore at the top of the draft to get those true blue chip players who are going to be big difference makers for a championship team. Yeah. Or if you want to sit here and you want to draft 12th every year and you want to go out there and get a guy that's going to take two or three years to develop, or do you want, you do you want to move up and get it like a Kirby, Kirby doc type player or copy Capo Caco or bone Byram who potentially could play in the NHL after one year or, or in their, you know, draft year. Right. That's that's what you have to ask yourself, because yeah. there's a huge difference once you get out of the top five. I mean, even Alex Turcotte's, you know, in college right now, who is the fifth overall. And, uh, you know, I, I could name off all the rest of the players. None of them are ready for the NHL right now and may not be ready next year. So, yeah, and I just hope I just hope that the Hawks are not foolish with Doc. And, you know, he ends up getting his, you know, brains knocked in. Um, you know, because, because he's getting targeted. Cause it does seem like it, he's getting, he's getting lit up a little bit from time to time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right. um, he's, he's definitely got talent. He's got size. I mean, he's, he's definitely a player that they can build around, but, um, I hope they're not rushing him. Yeah, me too. I, I but at this point you can't, you're not going to send him back to juniors. I mean, I would have like, maybe like to see him go to world junior to play against, you know, to play some quality hockey that means something. But uh, that's not what they're going to do. It seems like they told Team Canada to screw off and uh, they're yeah. going to keep them all year. And so that's what they're going to do. So, you know, be careful. Be very careful with them because uh, all you need is a toxic environment to ruin some kid's head. Just look at uh, Edmonton and, yeah. and how many players they ruined year after year after year. That could yep. easily happen to Kirby Doc if, if you yeah. don't treat the situation correctly. So anyway. All right, let's wrap up with some questions and get out of here for the night. What do you think? Yep. Cool. Yep, I love it. All right, Sandra Mir, uh, what do you think the Blackhawks do about the assistant coach position if, when Mark Crawford is dismissed, what are their choices? Uh, wait, what What does the choice say about J.C.'s future? Um, 
I mean, they're going to be scrambling. They didn't expect this. I'm not sure they had a lot of people in mind. Uh, they may just stick with what they have right now um, and not hire anyone else or possibly Barry know, Smith. Yeah, they could do Barry Smith, someone in the organization, someone like uh, uh, Brian Campbell, Barry Smith, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably someone who's, you know, a scout or, or some kind of player development position if they do anything at all. Yeah. Um, it, um, as far as John, as far as Calton's future, I mean, at this point, he's just hanging on by a string and he may yeah. be the fall guy, whether he deserves it or not. He may be, may be the fall guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that may be the, like the worst side effect of this whole hockey me too thing is that there are not a lot of old coaches banging around out there anymore that you could bring in, you know, I mean, I, cause I personally suspect that Crawford was brought in as sort of an insurance policy. If, if things really went south with Colton, now you don't have that insurance policy anymore in terms of an experienced NHL coach who's gotten results. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of guys, those guys out there to begin with. Um, there are a lot of bad coaches out there. Um, well, B- but, Bill uh, Peters is available. Who? Bill Peters. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, erroneous, so- erroneous, erroneous on both counts. <laughs> and also, um, just as of yesterday, John Hines. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he actually, he would not be a bad choice, but, um, yeah, he's a, he's but, a decent coach. Well, I mean, so I, 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 who they're going to, I don't know. They'll, they'll put somebody in there to kind of help, help out with some things, I'm sure. Um, and, um, you know, but it, as far as, you know, who I don't think they're going to hire somebody immediately to replace Crawford who could potentially re- replace Colton. Yeah. Um, Mike Murray had a couple of questions on Facebook. Will the Hawks be sellers? And if so, who goes at or before the trade deadline? I mean, their only choice is standing pat or selling. They're definitely not going to be buyers. If they are, they're the dumbest team in the NHL. Well, but somebody's going to, you know, people are going to talk about it. Oh, they're going to talk about it, but you know, the, the, uh, the radio guys and, uh, you know, the, the, the beat guys are going to start talking about the Hawks possibly, especially, especially if they go on one of their patented streaks, you know, um, and it's the stupidest, it would be the dumbest thing for this team to overpay for a player at the deadline. It would be suicidal basically to try and rebuild, to do that because yeah. you're going to give away futures to get some guy who's going to make you a little less mediocre. That should be a career killer for anybody that does that. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're going to do it. I, I didn't think they were going to do it last year, and they didn't. Um, I do. I think there's a real possibility they could be sellers. But I, but I think what it comes down to is, is like, what, which players is there a market for? If there's a Stanley Cup contending team, or potentially a Stanley Cup contending team, who has a goalie go down, I could see that team having a conversation with the Hawks about Corey Crawford. Yeah. On on, on an expiring contract. Corey, you know, he's looked good at times. He's looked not so good at times, but more, more, more good Corey than bad Corey. And he's a guy who's won a couple of cups. And so, you put a, de- you, you know, put a de- decent defense in front of him where he's not facing yeah. 36 yeah. shots a game, maybe he's yeah. facing 24 a game. He's right. going to look a lot better too. Right. But that market may not be there. Yeah. Um, there may be the market that we talked about for that, you know, um, second pair defenseman, who's got all the skins on the wall and has won and is, is just uber competitive and a guy who you bring in your dressing room and he automatically has a positive effect that could be Duncan Keith. Um, you know, um, 
maybe somebody comes at you with with an overture for Kane. You know, um, it's, so it all depends really what the what the market is out there. I want to be really clear about something. The last thing the Hawks should do is just get rid of these guys to lose the cap hit. That's stupid. But if but what it comes down to is if there's a market or if there's multiple teams interested in these guys, there's a real opportunity to you know play it out in a way where you can really stock up. <laughs> you know, and I I think if those opportunities are there and they don't take them, it's just foolish. Yeah, I I mean. This isn't a one-for-one one comparison, but look what Joe Sackick did with Matthew Shane. At the time, I was thinking just the same thing. I he was, was criticized about that so hard, but look at like at least Sam Gerrard right now, what he's doing for that team yeah. and how valuable he is to that team, plus yeah. all the other players that they ended up getting out of it. And what is Matthew Shane doing? Ass beat by Alex to break it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is Matthew Shane doing right now? He yeah. hasn't won a cup, has he? No. He did a nice job with Columbus last year. I'm a Duchesne fan, but I, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Patrick Kane is certainly better. I, I'm i going to say it right now. He's better than Matt Duchesne. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? But there's going to also be a market for players like Taylor Hall. So that may, you know, they may be able to pay less for a Taylor Hall because he's on his expiring contract than, they, yeah. than you would for a, a Patrick Kane. So I highly doubt that Kane's going to go anywhere. If he was, it would be like a summer thing. Unfortunately, I agree. Um, I agree. But, and you, you know, know the, Keith Kane's got Crawford, this big contract. I mean, it's it's not un, it's not <clears throat> uncomplicated. Um, it, it, but but you know what? I mean, there's ways to get deals done. And if if a, if a team really wants them, like I mean, this you know the Buffalo rumor has has you know ebbed and flowed for years. Um, but actually, if you if you sort of war game it out, there's there there's a potential deal there, and that's probably a team he would wait for. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're trading to Buffalo. I'm not saying they should trade to Buffalo. I'm just saying if you war game it out in in terms of possibilities, that's that's one that you can't deny. Yeah, well, remember last year when our boy uh, Aaron Goldschmidt trade <laughs> trade came to the Avs for Kale McCarr plus. Kale McCarr is looking pretty damn good right now. Yeah, he sure is, man. So props up, uh, props sure to our boy Aaron Goldschmidt who got a lot of grief about that. So. Yeah, but uh, you know, that, again, that was just spitballing and, and just outside ideas. Mike Murray's second question: Do you guys feel the Hawks are too small and too slow to compete with the upper echelon teams? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, Dan Mech, uh, assuming Laner Lenner, assuming Lenner <laughs> holds up, do we move him at the trade deadline? If so, what does he bring? One more. What in no. the hell is wrong with Delia this year? Um, I don't get rid of Lenner as soon as. The uh, the new year hits. Uh, I approach him with a contract extension, and hope to God that he signs it. Because if you yeah, don't, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, if you don't, you're really going to be hurting for depth in in, in yeah. that. Well, depth. I mean, you're going to be hurt if you don't sign Leonard. You're going to be hurting for a number one goalie within a couple of years. <laughs> couple you years know? next year, because Corey yeah. Crawford and their, both of their contracts are up this year. Yeah. You have I mean, Kevin Lankin, this, this, you have Colin Delia, you have Matt Tompkins. None of those guys are ready to be elite NHL number one net miners. Yeah. None of them. And oh, there's, not gonna be, there's not going to be – what are you going to do, sign Braden Holtby? Come on. That's not happening. So this conversation just drives me insane. I mean, and the people out there suggesting that they deal Leonard instead of dealing Crawford need to, to like, put down the crack pipe yeah, I mean, immediately. 
Crawford is 35 years old. He's had serious season-ending concussions the last two years. Uh, why would you choose him over a 28-year-old recent Vezina finalist who's outplayed him, by the way, this year? And, um, and is six years or six or seven years younger. Yeah, I mean, why would you do that? Um, the, the guy that you trade, if you trade a goalie at the, at the deadline is Corey Crawford, as hard as that is for some people to accept, it's, it's just purely a business decision more than anything else. And it's, it makes so much more sense than dealing Leonard and, and keeping Crawford. What are you going to do? You can send Crawford to a three or four year deal in light with his health history at, at his age. No, I mean, it, 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 people who think this. Come on. <laughs> and like this, this notion that letting Leonard go and he's going to come back. That never That's happens. Silly. That didn't happen oh, with Tommy happened. Wingles. That did not happen with Tommy Wingles. That's oh, not happened with Robin Leonard. Who's going to be, you know, making probably seven, $8 million at least for the next five years or so. Right. He's not right. going to just come back to the Blackhawks just because they gave him a deal this year. You have to lock him in before he gets out of your out of your grasp otherwise he's going to be gone and he is and he has every right to do it and I would not blame him one iota and by all indications he wants to be here so you're crazy if you don't extend him as soon as you as soon as you can which is after the first of the year yeah Lehner is a, like right behind Patrick Kane he's one of those players that I'm not you know I, I'm not getting rid of Saad sorry I just don't want to get rid of him he's one of their best two-way players. I don't want to get rid of Patrick Kane, even though if the right deal came up, it would. And I don't want to get rid of Robin Leonard either. Uh, he needs he needs to be the goalie. They need to anoint him the number one for you know the foreseeable future. Maybe it's five years or whatever. Uh, that needs to be done. But you can't hang your hat on Corey Crawford because like Ditka says... I don't believe in living in the past. I think the past is for cowards. You live in the past, you die in the past. And if you're gonna if you're gonna live in the uh, past with Corey Crawford, you're gonna die in the past. Uh, that's just it. I mean, no disrespect to Corey Crawford, but uh, yeah, I mean that that train is leaving the station, folks, and you don't want to be on it. No. And uh, what's wrong with Delia? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know. Uh, it just it, it's an I don't know what's going on in the AHL with him. He's having a bad year. Uh, his save percentage is down. He's just not playing well with that team. Uh, He's playing tonight right now. I just saw the, the Hogs are up 2-1. to one. Our boy Mario's tweeting it right now. Uh, Cal, Calendelia with a point tonight. He got an assist on the, one of the goals. So uh, hopefully he's, uh, let's see, sh- shots on goal, 13-11 in favor of the Moose. Um, that's with 5.50 left in the first period. So that's, that's a live update right there. But uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. It's very weird. They have three goalies down there, and Delia has been the healthy scratch uh, far more than I'd like to see. Um, you know, I think they really need to work. If he, if he is part of the plan of the future, they need to work the kinks out and get him. Yeah. I mean, that's what the AHL is. It's a developmental league. Yep. You're not out there to win the Calder cup. If it, if it happens great, but really honestly, the AHL is a developmental league. You need to be working the kinks out of your young players like Calendelia uh, yeah. Not sitting him in, in the press box unless they've soured on him. They're not going to, you know, they 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 don't want to develop him or whatever. Maybe they want to develop Lincoln in or Tompkins or whatever. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but um, if Delia is 
you know, he was supposed to be the backup this year um, until Lanner got signed. But, um, you know, if he's not part of your future, then they've moved on from him. But I certainly hope that, you know, he may be at least their backup next year and they can work those kinks out because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what's going on down there. But uh, that wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Ralph on the Facebook, if Bowman goes, will the organization be forced to let go of the core and it meant they need to rebuild? I don't, I think either way, whether it goes yeah. or not, they need to, they need to, um, let go of some of the core and admit they need to rebuild. I don't care whether Bowman's there or not. Uh, I don't, I, I think, you know, whether this thing goes or not, it has more to do with McDonough than it does Bowman at this point in time. Yeah, I think, uh, and this is nothing against Dan Bowman. Um, because he's done some things well, and then there's some other things he hasn't done as well. But I, I think that if you're going to rebuild, you you got to rebuild with a a GM who has a scouting background, um, because you you really can't afford to miss on those high picks when you get them. And I mean, you know, I, I think I think Doc I think was was a slam dunk, and he he executed it, and good for him. Sort of like when Talon took uh, Patrick Kane, there was it was really no debate. That was the guy you took him, and and you know, the the rest is history. However, like Bokfist, for example, I think there there's a debate still going on that they took the wrong guy and they should have taken Noah Dobson. Um, and t- and time is going to tell, um, you know, which was the guy to take. Um, and if it turns out that you know Dobson becomes that next great big mobile defenseman in the NHL and, and Boquist ends up being yeah, kind of an okay offensive defenseman. Um, I, I think that that's going to be a, that's going to be a career definer for Stan Bowman or at least, at least one of them. And I, I just feel like, you know, his record in the draft is not that great. It's just not. No, I mean, it's not. They haven't developed anyone through their system other than like Andrew Shaw and uh, to break it. Yeah, he wasn't even really developed in the system, though. I know. He just came right in. Yeah, he he played in junior and then came up. They're trying to develop Bokris, but, you know, it's coming out more and more. And I brought it up years ago that they they have not developed anyone through their system, through Indian and or the AHL in Rockford since, you know, Brandon Saad played a little bit there, but I wouldn't call yep. that development. He played a handful of games there. He, played, half a he played about half a year. Yeah. He Rockford. wasn't really developed yeah. there. I mean, he was, there was a, there was a, a real uh, solid chance that he would, that he started his rookie year here with, uh, yeah. in the NHL. So he wasn't yeah. really developed there. Um, they, they just kind of lucked into a player who was actually more developed than, um, you know, than most players at his age. Yeah. Yeah. He was physically yeah. pretty advanced for his age. There's no question. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they're, they're not really good. You, uh, you and I both agree hundred uh, percent on this. They're not good at developing players through their system. Yeah. And Chris Black's been saying it <laughs> like more and more people are saying like they do not develop players through their system. Well, at all, no, they no. get lucky with a couple of like, handful for example, of players. Washington develops players, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I think that, you know, when they, if slash when they do go the full rebuild, um, I, I just think it, it's, it's going to be time for, you know, Bowman's had a decade and, you know, people keep pointing to all the successes in the first half of the decade. Um, but that's largely based on the team he inherited. Um, and what? the second half of the decade of that decade has been defined by the moves he made. 
And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's real easy to, to trim around the edges of the, of the 2012, 2013 team as he did and win a cup or to do that again in the 2014, 2015 team as he did. But when you're trimming around the edges of this team and how much the talent has fallen off, you're getting what you see. Um, and I, I just think that if slash when the day comes of, of a more earnest and honest rebuild and more complete rebuild, they would be wise to, to go out and get a, a GM with more of a true scouting background. who's more of a really shrewd talent assessor who knows how to build a staff, um, that, that all, you know, fulfill that vision. And it's not to, to bust on the Hawks scouts either, but, um, the draft, the draft record is, is middling at best. And it's, you know, there's an argument can be made. It's, it's not very good. No, it's, it's not. And, and, and every time that it gets brought up and, you know, the, the big draft picture comes up and they have this video and how they're scouting the draft and how the Blackhawks have this elite staff. And it's like, dial it back a little bit. It is not even close to as good as you're making it out to be. Um, you know, they're probably decent, uh, decent at their job, but um, they are not in even in the top third of the or even in the top two thirds of the league as far as that goes. And uh, yeah, so. I say Mark Hunter. I keep saying it, and I'm going to say it until I, you know, t- t- on my deathbed. Mark Hunter has uh, a knack for uh, developing young players and a scouting background. He would be the perfect guy to come in here to do something like that. Um, so I, I would pay him whatever it takes to come in and, and GM the, the Chicago Blackhawks and give that a shot. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, way back when we were talking about the draft thing, right now if the Blackhawks, if everything – uh, you know, if, if the season ended today and the the uh, the lottery, you know, stayed as it w- will be, or you know, as it starts, um, the Blackhawks would draft fifth overall, and um, that's where they would be. Could they develop a player from fifth overall up to the system? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's be honest. It's common sense. The job of development gets a lot better if you got better talent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, it gets easier, and um, you know. So I, I, a top five pick, you know, again, a really shrewd talent assessor um, is going to is going to make the most of that, and um, you know, uh, they could use a couple more of those guys, yeah, in the draft the next couple of years, yeah. But you, you're going to have to stink to, to get those picks, yeah. That's that's how it works, yeah. You know, you don't just get thrown the picks like they did last year. That was no, pure they luck. lucked out, yeah. They, they totally lucked, lucked out. out. And you, you, and that's not going to happen again. No. And if you're going to count on that to happen again, you're not a smart person. Cause and I think there's a degree to which it can go the other way. I mean, he can end up picking, you know, twelfth. Yeah, I think I, I think, think they can only move like one. I think they can move one down, or something like that. There's only um, so many. Yeah. There's only so many places they can move. Uh, you can like you're. Uh, I'd have to look at it again, but it's like well, you can so, only get so, worse Hawks, by one. The Hawks jumped up like, I believe four or five spots. And I think somebody else correspondingly fell down quite a bit. I don't remember who it was, but I believe there was a, there was a team this year that, that dropped quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, <clears throat> let's wrap this up. All right. All right. Yeah. Good, good talk. Um, I don't have any uh, super last plugs. Uh, let me look over here. Uh, I do want to uh, give a shout out to our boy, Mario. 
Um, he's still been killing it. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, he, he had some stuff go on, but um, I didn't get to mention in the last podcast, his appearance on the CL, CLTV sports feed. It's he killed cool. it on there. He, it was really good. And I want to, I want to thank Josh Friedman who has been on our uh, podcast before. We'll, have, we'll ask him on, uh, to come on again, but for inviting Mario to come on and talk about the Blackhawks, Mario just killed it. And we're very proud of what, what he did there. So uh, if you look on our website, uh, I actually posted the, the videos on there. If you look it up, uh, you can do a search on there and uh, you can watch what, what Mario had to say. It was, it's a couple weeks old now, but still, I mean, we're, we're very proud of what he does. And uh, we, I, I want to make sure that I point that out. So uh, you got any other last plugs you want to do? Um, just going back to something we touched on earlier, we, you know, we launched the Rink Colorado. We're preparing to launch the Rink Columbus. If you want to write um, f- uh, and cover hockey um, and uh, you've got a reasonable amount of proficiency as a writer, um, or if you know somebody who does, send them our way um, because we got jabs yeah. Get lots of jabs. Yeah. You can and, DM us uh, on Twitter or you could use the email address yep. right for that's W R I T E F O R at the dash rink.com. And you send an email to that. That'll get to us and uh, yep. send some uh, examples and stuff. And uh, we actually have another writer who hasn't started yet. Uh, I don't want to make a big deal about it yet, but uh, yeah, he's going to be joining our staff as well. Thanks to our, our boy uh, Ray who, uh, who referred him uh so what did you do ray oh <laughs> uh, by the way let's get ray some liquor a, and do <laughs> what's that i did have a twitter contest um for uh to uh uh describe our columbus uh, ring columbus logo in five words and um i i have to go back through those and i i promised to mention a winner of that contest tonight and uh, i neglected to do that but i will do it for our next our next ring cast that's okay I think we they'll understand. Time. They'll understand. We're not going anywhere. But back to Ray. It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. I think he can hear you, Ray. <laughs> all right. So you can find all of our comprehensive content at www.thedashrink.com. Uh, you can find us on all the popular social media. Uh, the, the official account of the entire site, at the rink official, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, at the rink shy S- or a CHI, sorry, yep. the rink CHI. Those are, that's the Chicago content we have. We have at the rink, Colorado, that just how it sounds at the rink, Columbus at the rink cast. Uh, you can follow all of those accounts to get the specific, the more specific information. I wanted to drill down a little bit because some people might get annoyed if they're getting a bunch of, you know, Columbus, uh, content in the Colorado feed or something like that. So I tried to make it a little bit easier for everybody and I'm working on narrowing it down. So the site gets it. Uh, correct. Uh, I am at Puck and Hostel. You are at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L on the Twitters. Correct. Uh, if you get a chance, like uh, Dark or Darth Hockey or whatever, um, get over to iTunes, rate and review us. Even if you don't review us, you can rate us, please. We appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'll try to do my best to uh, check and uh, read it on the air. A lovable buzzkill that you are. Maybe it was me. I don't know. I don't know. One of us was the buzzkills, but I know I was, I'm definitely the guy <laughs> with, the Le- with the Leonard problem, the Laner Leonard problem. I'm trying to do better. I hope I did better. Darth Hockey, <laughs> you, you, can, you can email me or whatever and let me know if I did better this podcast. I, um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to upset you or anything. So, so uh, I think that's it. We're good, huh? 
Um, yeah, just one last thing. Go over sure. to Puck Hockey, buy some, buy some Puck Hockey gear, buy some custom rink gear. Yeah. Um, we we love seeing it out there. Uh, we don't see it everywhere yet, but we're hopeful. Yeah, and so if you do, buy some. if you do get it, and you send me a picture or or tag us in a picture of you wearing it, yeah, uh, I will put it up on the the rink's uh, Instagram and on the uh, Twitter page and on the Facebook yeah. page. If you want, you don't have You're to. In. <laughs> yeah, this is only if you want that. But if you want that, tag us in it. And wearing some rink gear, and I'll. I'll I'll make sure that your picture gets out there and you get the uh, proper accolades for uh, going out and supporting our website and podcast. We good? Good. All right. With all that being said, and we said a lot, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the road.